Welcome to the official broadcast of Life Fellowship Ministries in Kima, Texas. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. Be sure to visit us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. I was thinking about diamonds, and, and Christopher could probably tell more about how a diamond is formed and made than I could, but but this I know that that a diamond is made through the process of pressure and heat. And the Lord desires us to be more like diamonds than graphite or pencil lead. He desires to do something in our hearts and lives. And so are we yielding to the process, his process, to take to make us be like diamonds? If you think about a diamond, it's very hard. It's very resilient. It's very valuable. In fact, they use diamonds to put on the ends of, of drill bits to, to cut through rock when they're drilling for oil. Diamond tip uh, uh, bits that they use. And so when you think about us, we're supposed to be, well, we, we know that we are valuable. We should know that. We know that God says of all his creation, we're his prized possession, so that we know that there's great value in us, that God loves us, that we are of value. But we should be resilient, not hard-headed, I'm not saying, but we should be resilient. We should be strong. And you think about the strength of a diamond that can cut glass and, and drill through rock and all of those things. But yet, under the light, the brilliance of the diamond shines. And under the light of God, we shine. Can you imagine that there would be a, a pile of diamonds over there on the ground and the light is shining, the sun is shining, and it's just dispersing these, this pyramid, uh, this, uh, these different colors, and, and it would just glow and shine. And so I believe that's what God wants to do in our life, that he sees us as diamonds. But to get to that place, it requires maturity. It requires some growing up. It requires knowing the Word of God, applying the Word of God, understanding the Word of God, rightly dividing the Word of God, and I believe that God, as, as God shines his light through us, we glow like a diamond. And that other people are drawn to Christ because of the love and the light of Christ that's in us. I think that's what God wants to do. And we know that it's all about a relationship. It's all about that relationship. So let's be diamonds. And let's allow God to illuminate his love and his light through our lives that others would be drawn to Christ. Let's go through the process and say, God, I, you know, I just want to yield my heart to you. I want to yield my life to you. I want you to do whatever it is you want to do in my life because I know you have a great purpose and plan for me. And it's not all about me. It's all about you. But you use people that are willing that people that are teachable, that are humble, that are obedient to carry out your will and your purpose and your plan. And there's a whole world of people out there that need to know you that are lost. There's people in the church that are crying and wounded and hurting that need you. We all need you in our lives. James 5, 7 says, Dear brothers and sisters, be patient as you wait for the Lord's return. We know that he's coming again. And I think especially during this time as Christians, we need to be patient. 
with one another. We need to be patient with those that have been deceived and, and are lost because there's a lot of false teaching going on. There's a lot of people that are, are deceived. There are people that are caught up in all kinds of traps. So we need to be patient and we need to continue to pray. We need to continue to live this thing out and, and reach out to people, not being ashamed of the gospel of Christ, but sharing the love of Christ, not in a condemning or judgmental way, but in a loving, kind way, but also in, in a firm way in that we're not compromising the word of God, that we're living this thing out, that we can show people there's a better way than what they may be seeking. Dear brothers and sisters, be patient as you wait for the Lord's return. Verse 7 continues, consider the farmers who patiently wait for the rains in the fall and in the spring. They eagerly look for the value, the valuable harvest to ripen. So we're looking for the valuable harvest. God is looking for the valuable harvest, I think, in our lives, that the fruit of the Spirit would be evident. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control that we would ripen, that we would come to the fullness of life and walk in the fullness of what God has called us to. And so James 5.8 says, You, too, must be patient. Take courage, for the coming of the Lord is near. We know that he's coming again, and uh, so we need to be ready. And I, I know people that are so concentrated on the second coming of the Lord, that they're just focused on that and they're missing opportunities to share the hope and the love of Christ with others. So let's not be so consumed with that. I mean, he's coming back, but God has given us a task. He's given us a job to do, and that's to become disciples and share this love and hope with others. Verse nine says, don't grumble about each other, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged for look, the judge is standing at the door. And last week, we talked about, in chapter 4, we talked about judgment. If you missed that, that sermon, I encourage you to go back and listen to that sermon. So what James is doing here, he's talking to us. He's talking to other Christians, and he's saying we need to grow up and mature. We need to understand that God is doing something in our lives, that God is wanting to do something in the lives of other people around us, and he's giving us practical ways to minister to each other. He's giving us practical ways that we can live this thing out. Verse 10 says, for example, for examples of patience and suffering, dear brothers and sisters, look at the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. And so we, we can see that many prophets, many people that serve the Lord had to be patient. I mean, you can think of some of your favorite Bible stories about the patience of the prophets and how many of them were rejected because they weren't saying what the king wanted them to say or what the people wanted them to say, but they were standing firm on the word of God. And so again, let's, let's look at our, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, patience, peace, patience, 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 love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So it's a fruit of the spirit. And, and God is doing something in our hearts and lives when we yield to him. Verse 11 in James 5 says, We give great honor to those who endure under suffering. For instance, you know about Job, a man of great endurance. You can see how the Lord was kind to him at the end, for the Lord is full of tenderness and mercy. So God is about working in our hearts and lives. And I believe that God is more concerned about our character than our comfort. And 
I'm not saying that God wants to punish us or be mean to us, but God wants to work something out of us so that we grow in this relationship with him so that others can find the love of Christ because they see it in us and we live this thing out. At the beginning of the series, we went to James, we started in James chapter one, of course, and I want to go back to James chapter one, verses two through four. And James writes, dear brothers and sisters, when, when trouble comes your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Let it grow. Are you willing to let it grow? Are you willing to allow God to, if he needs to bring a little pressure and heat, to help form you into a diamond? Are you willing to do that? So let's read this scripture again. Um, And I'm going to embellish it, kind of uh, adding these definitions here. So the emphasis is, is mine here. But so let it grow for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect. In other words, you will be full grown. You will be complete in all your parts, having complete Christ-like character, operating as designed, and complete or sound, complete in every part, needing nothing. So as we yield our life to the Lord and as we go through this process, I think we find godliness and contentment in the process that God is taking us through. Not that it's about this process, but that it's about this relationship and allowing him to work in our lives. And what does it say there? It says that when we're perfect and complete, we're, we're in need of nothing. There's contentment because we found this contentment and this fullness of life through Christ in our lives. God wants us to grow up spiritually, to be whole and complete, not lacking in any area of our lives. When you think about your children or your grandchildren, do you want them to be whole and complete? Do you want them to grow up not lacking? Do you want them to be full of the Lord? Do you want them to be responsible? Do you want them to to understand uh, integrity, what that means? Well, we're God's children as well. And he wants us to be full of him and to live this thing out on a daily basis. And he closes the section out with James uh, in James 5, 12. But most of all, my dear brothers and sisters, never take an oath by heaven or earth or anything else. Just say a simple yes or no so that you will not sin and be condemned. So you've heard people say things like, I swear on my mother's grave if they don't. Don't do that. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Turn to your neighbor and say no. Turn to your neighbor and say, no, I'm, I, I'm unable to help you with that. See, it, it's not that hard. <laughs> no can be a good word sometimes. And I'm thinking of a, of a situation uh, right now where someone was not clear in their in saying let, letting their yes be yes and their no be no, and they kind of got roped into a situation that cost them some money that they didn't plan on because they didn't say no. They were ambiguous in their answering. And I, I think that it, it's really, really important for us to be honest, especially within the body of Christ. And so I'm a lot more hesitant to say yes sometimes than I used to be. Because 
See, it's a matter of integrity. If you say you're going to do something and, and you don't do it, that's not integrity. And those of us who have trucks, people think if you have a truck, then your weekends are free to help people move. <laughs> so how many times has someone come to you and said, hey, will you help me move? And yeah, yeah, I'll help you move. When are you moving on? A couple of weeks. And then you look at your phone. Oh, it's so-and-so. I know what they want. That's not integrity. So it's better to say no and then be able to help them later than to say yes and, and go back on your word. If, if you say yes to something, you need to honor your word. We need to be men and women of integrity. We need to teach our children to be boys and girls that will grow up to be men and women of integrity. Because listen, if we don't have integrity when we're small, are we going to have integrity when we grow up? If we're not honest and have integrity in the small things, are we going to have integrity in the big things? Probably not. And some of my deepest hurts have been by people that I love not demonstrating integrity by honoring their word and doing what they've told me they will do. And unfortunately, some of those people have been people in the church, people that I love, that I love very dearly, that have not held true to what they said that they would do. And it's a, it's a matter of integrity. It's a matter of being truthful and honest. Now, I realize sometimes you may make a commitment and something happens, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about integrity here, where we honor what we say we'll do. And there have been times, probably for all of us, where we've made a commitment and we've said, oh man, I wish I wouldn't have made that commitment. Or maybe it's cost us something. Maybe it's cost us something financially because we made that commitment or whatever that looks like. But we have pressed through and followed through because we made that commitment. That's integrity. And God honors that. And integrity should be integral in the body of Christ. So let your yes be yes and your no be no. And I want us to take some time this morning. And well, before we do, I'd like for you to close your eyes and bow your heads. Is there anybody here this morning that maybe God is speaking to your heart? Maybe you had a relationship with him at one time and you've walked away, or maybe you never had a relationship with him, but he's, he's speaking to your heart this morning. If that's you, would you slip up your hand? I just want to pray with you. Anybody here this morning? No shame in that. Let's take some time. The praise team's going to lead us in a song called This Is My Desire. Let this be our cry this morning, that our desire is for a greater, intimate relationship with the Lord. Now let's ask the Lord if there's something else that he wants to share with us this morning. Thank you for tuning into our broadcast. For more information, be sure to find us at our website at www.lifefellowship.me or call us at 832-864-2800. Have a great week and remember to live it. God bless you.